0: Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas
1: and grow your business faster.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to nothing from... I can't even speak this morning, Kaya. (laughs) Everybody, welcome to From Nothing to Profit. So today, we have Nathan Loker on. So let me tell you a little backstory about Nathan Loker. I don't know a lot about Nathan Loker, but I do know he's the official greeter at the SYNC conference every year. And so that's how I've met him. Um, He definitely brings his energy, but I do actually know a little bit more. Um, So Nathan, you're a a photographer in central Illinois and you do a lot of senior portraits and stuff like that. Is that right? Oh yeah. That's what we do. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, share with the audience, anything else um, you want to do about your business? Cause there's some people that may not know you. Um, but yeah, just give us an overview of your life and your business and whatever else. Yeah. So a lot of
2: people may or may not know I'm a stay home dad first. That is key to my success. And I put my kids first and I set boundaries around them. So I also set up my business as certain amount of seniors, a certain amount of volume work, a team, model team, and all those things are kind of what I do around my kids. So kind of keeping it practical and simple. I know my boundaries. I don't do an over amount of work, but also set it up to just a certain amount of seniors again, because I think that's going to be key for my family and I.
0: Awesome. So there's one more thing I learned about you this week. Um I know now that you run a barbecue facebook uh group yeah, and yeah. i joined it and it is like it's hardcore it's like intense like there's like i don't know how many thousands of people you have in there but man people are smoking some meat in there for sure and I uh so I, I know you're part of that and that's been fun to see that side of you as well
2: yeah i just gotta make sure what i write on facebook isn't just ending hey he wants to go smoke so pretty right. clear on a few of those things
0: that's awesome. So, um, yeah, cause so Kai, go ahead and ask any questions you got for Nathan. Um,
1: yeah, I, that's you know, about, that's about. Matt knows me. I'm always like, Oh, okay. I'm going to start asking questions. So Nathan, my husband was a stay at home dad for a year and I'm so curious about that. So I'm assuming if you're a stay at home dad, that there's a go to work mom. Yes. So, okay. So what does your wife do? My wife is
2: a, uh, a director at the funeral home here in town. And uh, well it's something not, of course not everyone's able to do she's just got that soft tire and can do that yeah, yeah. nice so
1: yeah that's interesting so yeah my dad uh, was uh, had a furniture store in a small bit small town and one of his best buddies was the director of the funeral home and so my dad got to go and like help him move things and you know he would call and be like hey I need someone to help me move these things and stuff like that so
0: okay, um, so our very first client, when we moved 12 years ago, when we moved to the town we live in now, our very first client was the uh, funeral home director. Yeah. yeah. We all have something in common. Have, who, who saw that coming?
1: <laughs> Not me. No. So, so Nathan, so how did you, did you always know you wanted to be a stay at home dad or how did you guys come to that conclusion?
2: No, this was a scary part of my life. I went to St. Louis Christian College to be a youth minister. Okay. I did youth ministry for a few years and it was always part-time there uh, with the expectation to go full-time. It just never happened. And in the short kind of period of working at that church, I got married and found out quickly that um, our daughter was on the way with no insurance, not a lot of money. And uh, I needed to figure something out. And when I graduated college, I didn't have any money and bought an $800 camera. And for no reason, I have no idea why it just kind of fell into place. And the, the, the fear side pushed my artistic side, which then started talking back and forth to my wife. I was like, well, with my degree, there's not a lot of areas here that's able to support our whole family with that pay. And so yeah. she decided to be the one that stays in at work. And I would just see where life sends us. So it's been a journey, crazy things. It just fell in my lap.
1: And how long have you been uh, at home with your kids then?
2: Uh, The whole time for about seven, what is my daughter? Seven and a half years now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. That's awesome. It is amazing how photography can really be any size you want and be, you know, like work in any way you want it to.
2: Oh, correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. So do you do the grocery shopping (laughs)
2: I do a lot of the grocery shopping, a lot of the cooking Uh mentioned prior to the smoking Facebook group on barbecue and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When my husband uh, was the stay-at-home dad for a year, he was like super organized and grocery shopped and saved all the money, but now he is a full-time pastor, and wow. uh, I'm a full-time photographer, and <laughs> and I do the grocery shopping, but I just get everything off of the end caps. So I just, I call it end cap shopping, and I just walk around and throw everything in the cart that's on the end cap, and that's what we eat.
2: That's amazing.
1: Mm. It's so a skill. So-
0: you would have you would have had a lot of Cheez-Its this week because I saw at <laughs> oh, the end of the end cap there was a lot of Cheez-Its this I week. I
1: know, and no Club Crackers. That was the no. weirdest thing. I know. Yeah.
0: So, all <laughs> okay. right, well, let, 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 let's transition away from grocery shopping to um, let's talk a little bit about the industry. So, Looker, tell us a little bit um Kind of what, what has you fired up about the industry? I mean, this could go two different ways, like kind of where you see the industry going or some things that you think are true in the industry that a lot of people don't talk about. However, how, when you when someone asks you about the ind, the photography industry, what do you think?
2: Well, a few of those to answer kind of all questions. And one <clears throat> is education is the forefront of our industry. And if we're not a, involving ourselves to the future, then we're just going to keep falling back and watching shoot and burners take over our culture even though they'll get to a point they either burn out or they're like, Hey, this can not be something that can provide for my family. And so as they involve themselves into education, I think that's what's fires me up most. Cause that's where I get to meet a lot of friends, creatives like me, ADHD crazies out there. Uh, I find that quality wins and communication wins. When we can communicate what quality is to our clients, that is something to be fired up about because that's, what's going to win and keep pushing our future. Cause I always ask the question out there, what do the clients want? And they always say social media images and digital files. Well, what do parents want? They want prints. Why are we giving up something that's the most valuable piece so cheap, so fast to give them prints to someone else when that could be beneficial to our own families? And so I always just kind of encourage that education. If education is not the forefront of their lives or their business, and they're not ever growing in those areas, then they're not going to, they're going to be burned out quick and they're going to miss out on a lot of fun opportunities and relationships and networking in the future industry. Uh, kind of to answer where I feel like the industry is going. I feel like it's not really going backwards anymore. I finding people still are moving forwards because they're jumping in and it may be new people. Cause I did it too. I started a $40 CD and had no idea what I was doing, shooting family pictures and it's still coming to the point people want prints, people want art, people want to design their homes with their kids and not something they can all get a Hobby Lobby. Not that Hobby Lobby is bad, but I find again that quality and communication are those two keys in the industry. That's, that's always going to be consistent, but technology is changing and then technology just makes it more fun.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I saw, I think I saw you at the other day, you posted um, a a studio tour um, on sync and I can, I can't keep track of what you post in the sync group and now the barbecue group. I'm just so confused, but um, you, you, I saw a lot of like pretty big wall art in your house, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, So do you still find a lot of clients um, are seeking out wall art or when you say prints, like what, I mean, obviously you're talking about physical product, but what, what are people seeking out you think?
2: Yes, sir. So, with a home studio and the reason why I went to the home studio so I can be with my kids is I designed my house. So when people walk through it, they see war of my kids and their faces light up. So I'm printing 40 by sixties and 30 by forties and 20 by thirties of all my kids and nothing really smaller than that in my home. Because if I'm printing small, like 11 by 14 on the walls, then that's what they're going to want. And so my house becomes that visual selling key step for the families that come in and look at all these things. So When I'm talking about prints, I'm talking about that wall art, metals or canvases. and framed. I'm working on frames now. And then senior albums or Santa Claus albums, the Santa experience. I have all those prints at hand to the best quality to that. What I can through McKenna pro lab that I have out in front of my, my clients at all times.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Your house is definitely beautiful. So um, many of our viewers are, are in the sync group. I think they can, they can search and see some of that for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm picturing, um, you had, you have like pictures above your couch or something like that of oh. your kids and it's, it's really beautiful. Thank you. I haven't so,
1: looked through those yet, but I'm excited to, um, you know, I have a tip for that, Nathan, cause your kids are what they're seven and under, right? Correct. Sure. Um, so I put pictures of my kids right out of their, right outside of their bedrooms of them with, when they're naked, when they're little. Uh, and they've said, my daughter was like, I am never having a boy in my room because they're going to have to walk by this. And I was like, <laughs> perfect. Excellent. Yep. Yes. Thumbs up. So. Um, okay. So am I going to ask the next question, Matt?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think go, go wherever you want, but we're getting pretty close to lightning round too. So we can kind of just jump into that because we got plenty of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so one other question I have for you, Nathan, from that, cause you were talking about how education is so important to you. Uh-huh. So, um, Like, who are the people like, I know you've learned from a ton of people because you've been at different events, but is there any, are there any people that you would say like these people really shaped my business or helped me?
2: Okay. I'll I'll back that question up just a tiny bit, just to give people a little bit of insight about me. I think that kind of builds into this. Mm -hmm. When I went to college, I, I found out that I had a reading disability, which really affects everything about me as a person because it affects your confidence affects how you learn and affects how you look at life. And I found those, that issue, I was able to look at life a different way and to battle it head on. And so it started to allow me and myself to ask questions like what and why and where and, and how, and it drove, it drove me to become a learner and not hide behind, you know, a disability. And so when I first started in this industry, and I realized that I started asking those questions. And as weird as this sounds, I was standing at a workshop at Sink in St. Pete Beach for no random reason in the print competition room, didn't know what I was doing. And Marisa Miller was right there and Jason Williams. And that's where I first met Jason Williams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I him; He's a crazy dude. And we just start talking to Marisa and we're just like, hey, Marisa, look at this image and tell us what's wrong. <laughs> and out of the goodness of her heart she guided us and just instead of like berating us, she gently told us what was wrong, how we can improve ever, ever since then. Marisa has just been one of those people that has been influential. And not only that, of course, Darty and Michelle Hines at Sync and um, Gary box. And I mean, you, we can make a list of names. Yeah. And so when Jason and I was at that workshop, we listened to a guy stand on stage talking about his million dollar business. And we were looking at his art and we were blown away because in a non-mean way. It wasn't the greatest, but his business practices were practical and in place. And so Jason and I created a little Facebook group where we'd meet weekly, and then we met with Gina Golden, and then we met with Tammy Howe. And we'd meet weekly, and we challenge ourselves with questions and answers. And we just kind of have this group where we would grow and network within that. So we did that for about three and a half years. And as the, all of our businesses began to boom again and grow and learn from that, of course, we kept pushing back into the industry. And uh, that's just kind of some of the basics of the people that I first connected with and learned from. So if if anything after that, I haven't really, I'll just be honest, I haven't dug into a lot of video stuff and watch it, but I have I am very much a visual hands-on learner and person. So going to the workshops have been best for me to learn underneath all those like David Beckham with posing and Gary Box with posing and the fun shoots and creative shoots like I guess there's a lady out there named Kaya, you know. I mean I watch all you guys and the creativity that you have and I try to apply all those aspects uh from every workshop.
1: Yeah. And I like what you said that, you know, once you got that confidence that you just started asking questions. Yeah. Uh, And that I mean that's so that's so much the best way to learn.
2: Yeah, because if you live in fear, you're not going to grow and your business will close its doors because without failing, you won't go forwards. And that's
0: part of life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, Matt, uh, should we start the lightning round?
0: Yeah, I'll start the lightning round. So, uh, look, you can make these as fast or as long answers as you want because we got plenty of time. But the, the first question we normally ask people is what's holding them back? holding you back from becoming a full-time photographer, but I want to word it a little bit differently based on where our conversation's gone. So what was, what what do you think was holding you back from going from the $40 CD to where you are now? Like, you know what, talk about that journey a little bit.
2: Yeah, that is, that's always a tough question because it's, it's fear, it's insecurities. It's not understanding quality. And we know at the beginning stages of our business, our work definitely isn't quality. It's who can take the most pictures by holding the the shutter down and, (laughs) And we just assume that's where it goes. So jumping and making those leaps where were uh, the idea of going into confidence. And I had to understand that to feed my daughter, I had to be confident with what I created to sell to the clients. They didn't just call me up one day and just say, hey, we like your work because they're just trying to make me feel good. They called me because they saw what I have created or have done and they wanted that. And so... Putting together that confidence, putting together that um, fear, and one moved me forwards. Jump from forty dollars CDs to actually, with after my first year, I started trying to sell prints. I sold a hundred dollars of prints the next year to a senior and had probably seventy five dollars in cost of goods. <laughs> so right. uh, it was that next jump, and I was like, "Well, didn't I make more with just burning CDs?" But no, I, I pushed myself again, and I went and asked questions, and I went to workshops, and I and I went to that next level, and I connected with Ty Fisher from you. And I asked him questions and he challenged me with some thoughts and some structure because with an ADHD person with a disability, I learned that I don't have a lot of structure and he created structure and had it already for me. So I didn't have to go out there and find it or sorry, I didn't have to go out there and create it. I was reminded that the will was already made. Someone's done it. Why not apply what someone else has done and then kind of build off of that. And so I went from $40 seniors in less than three years to $1,800 seniors And it was able, it allowed me to able to grow my art side by moving forwards and challenging myself. One of the quotes, again, I've said a little bit in there that I came up with was fell forwards and I'm a visual person. So I look at it as in the game of basketball. That's how my mind works because I love that game. As a point guard, I know that hundred percent of the time I am bringing the ball up the court, but there is always a chance that I can and will lose the ball. It's what I do in reaction to when I lose it is the success of my future versus just giving up and sitting on the bench. And that's how I kind of look at that moving forwards is you are going to fail, but you have to take those next steps and and hustle and push.
1: That's good. So you're a point guard?
2: Yeah, point guard.
1: You're pretty tall, though, aren't you?
2: Well, we're well. We had three, six, seven guys on my team at college.
1: Oh, yeah! You went to see. I, my, we only had seventy in my graduating class. So, there you go. <laughs> we, our our point guards were uh, the shortest, very shortest guys.
2: Well, I was the second or third tallest for a while, until a couple of guys came in, which is hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's fun. Yeah, I think that's so great. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the interview about like you just buying a camera and doing it but yeah. you know what's the deep down reason for being a photographer
2: for me I, I was trying to answer that question earlier in my head and I was just trying to figure out what it was and for me there's a couple options when I grew up I was just an artist I guess I love to draw but I can only mimic I was always good at like if someone else drew it I literally could just look at that image and draw it and it wasn't it was a creative outlet but it wasn't fully exciting. And so I let go of art for a while until I picked up a camera because then I learned that I can mimic someone for a while, but then I can take onto my own and, and just kind of go with that. So what, what has also fell into place, I guess it's kind of, it fell in my lap and then it was a creative outlet, but it's also kind of the control at the end of the day, in a sense, I guess I could, I should say it's a little bit of a control. I now can be my own business owner I can say I'm starting my business at 10 a.m., not before I'm not working weekends. I'm going to take vacation here. I'm going to take off half this day over here. I can be booked up whenever I want if I need to have family time and to be with my kids. And I think that's kind of the reason it's really growing on me. I now have that uh, full, complete family control access to my, my kids and wife at all times.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. So that leads to kind of the next question I have for you. Like if you, if you weren't doing, this as your current job, what what would you be doing? Obviously you, you know, you studied to be a youth pastor, so maybe that's the answer, but I mean, what, what else would you be doing if you weren't doing photography? Well,
2: I've, I've, I've thought about that often. Cause like what if part-time is all I ever really want to grow my business and I want to do something else when my kids are in school to just be an extreme ADHD. I can't always do the same thing every day. And so growing up we didn't have the most money and my dad helped us learn a mowing business and helped us to push ourselves i've worked in a kitchen washing dishes i've hauled hay i've done a ton of stuff and recently now that i've become a homeowner my wife uh, has challenged me to you know (laughs) to build things and to do stuff and to rebuild our oak stairs and to work with my dad and we've welded rails for our steps because we're going to adopt you have to have a few things in place And what I keep coming back to since uh, just last week, she made me learn how to tile our kitchen backsplash is probably construction. I'm very hands-on. I think the key to knowing what we want to do is knowing ourselves as a person. I've taken a lot of personality tests, enneagrams, what are my greatest strengths and weaknesses? And my greatest strength is visual and hands-on and construction is both of those things. When I can see it, I can do it. And I have lots of fun Building and creating those things, which I think goes hand in hand with the art side of stuff when you do construction because you don't just build stairs at the end of the day and say, Hey, stairs are done. It's look at that masterpiece that I just did. I I went and watched a video once and built an oak stairs. I think that's pretty cool.
1: (laughs) So, what are you on the Enneagram then?
2: Oh man, I I just put my papers down. I'm so bad with the words. I have to go grab it. No, no,
1: what's the number? It's just a number seven. seven? Oh yeah, (laughs) I was going to say sevens are the best. Right, Matt.
0: I'll take that.
1: They're they're the best. <laughs> I'm a seven. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's so funny. I was listening to like the description. My husband's a, a three, and we you, I, we were listening to someone talk about it, and it was like kind of negative. All the things about a three, and then he was like, "Okay, fine. Let's listen to the seven, then see <laughs> see what you are." And it was like, sevens are the best. They're so much fun and happy oh, to right. be around." That's <laughs>
0: <That's>
1: perfect. <laughs> okay, Matt, you have to ask these next questions because these okay. I, I like how you do it.
0: Okay, so, so hypothetically, um, we would give you a thousand dollars right now, and you have to spend it, um, like in the industry, photo related. What would you spend that thousand dollars on right now? Like, what what do you think is important to spend money on?
2: Well, I'll just I'll do the, I'll do I'll answer it this way. I've prayed over the years for wisdom. Wisdom is kind of the key to, of course, future success. Being able to relate and understand and, and think through processes, which. Uh, again, like I told you, when I've struggled with life growing up with that disability, not even known, I look at it as spending a thousand dollars on a mentor. Now you can. Everyone thinks the next greatest fad is going to create the next greatest piece of art, but you know we still have paintings hung up in the 1700s that are the most magnificent things ever created, and paint's not any different than it was then. Um, so it's I would probably invest into a mentor, someone that can keep me online, keep me with structure, keep me challenged and guide me and direct me and that probably wouldn't cover the most within a year process but it'd be worth every penny.
0: Yeah, for sure. So then the follow-up question is I give you that $1000 like what would you not spend it on or you know like if maybe I gave it to somebody else what would you recommend that that they not spend it on um in our industry.
2: Well, it depends I guess if they've already got a camera I would just say invest it into education. But for me if I wouldn't invest it in right now in another camera cuz I already know my business structure. I already know how much work I need. I already have a backup camera and all the lenses that I need. And one of the things that I've learned is learn to use what you have. Don't assume the next piece of equipment is going to make it better. And so most likely I probably wouldn't spend it on another camera
0: body. That's good. So yeah, Kaya. Um okay, go ahead so and transition to the next ones. Yeah.
1: I it's so funny because um this interview, we're getting the serious side of Nathan. I know. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, normally in real life, like personally, you would be like jumping around and like all physically active. So Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we're not not getting the full picture here. So you have to you, like, so <laughs> weird. Um, so what's the best advice you've ever received?
2: Well, one of the best advice, whether it's in ministry that I, when I started and or business in, is kind of filling your weaknesses. I've read plenty of books that just say, not that you can't work on your weaknesses, but I've read plenty of books that say fill in the spots of your weakness with someone else who can do that. So as an example, just because I speak visually and I'm seeing pictures in my head as I talk is uh, when it came to pricing and products, I try to create all those things and I look in a lot of Facebook groups and people are always asking, well, what should I charge for this and that? Go take someone's class, take and use what they've already learned and apply it. They've got templates, they've got designs, they've got pricing, they've got structure already ready. Don't recreate the will and apply those things and just kind of make it easier because at the end of the day, I'd rather spend 300 bucks and have someone already figure it out for me and I fill in a few ends than spend weeks and months and maybe even years trying to create a pattern or a pricing structure to get me going. And that's just a lot of wasted time. Not that there's lessons to be learned, but I'm a work smarter, not harder type of guy. Not that I'm lazy, but I'm like, I want to get to the point. I don't like to wait. <laughs> I have no patience.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, and I think... I don't necessarily want to fall in all the holes that they fell, fell in while they're figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like exactly. they they may have two or three years of experience with something and they're like, I, you know, they already fell in those holes. I don't need to follow their suit on that. You know, like I can take their advice and, uh, and kind of learn from them. That's, you know, for sure. So, yeah. um, so what is one personal habit you think contributes to your success?
2: Uh, the first one that I would probably say is setting boundaries. I know this is, it seems maybe minute to some people, but for me, I learned that as soon as I learned to set a boundary and I'll just give you an example, my business is open weekdays, 10 to five, not before, not after. And only in the month of October do I work weekends because the time you know, it gets dark really fast here in Southern Illinois and uh, being able to shoot with the colors in the fall. The boundaries have been, been key. And with boundaries, I put that in print from my communication and sales and everything. So I do pre-consults and it says, I don't do this. I work on these days uh, and I have it all ready to go so that someone can't come back later and try to put their thumb over me. I'm in charge of my life and not them. And that has been key. I think that habit of answering the phone when someone says, Hey, are you open on Saturday? Hey, no, nope, no biggie. I'm glad you asked that question. We're not open weekends. We're open on weekdays, 10 to five. And that has been awesome for us or, or my family, I should say.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So uh, it's been interesting. I, you know, I can tell just from how you're uh, referencing things that you do, do educate yourself a lot. Yeah. So, um, and obviously you, you know, like in-person education, that type of thing, but do you have like internet resources besides your barbecue group? Oh <laughs> <suggest.
2: laughs> uh, Yeah. I'm in tons of Facebook groups and maybe, I don't know. There's three that I participate in, but I've slowed myself down way a bunch and just jumping in because ADD people are squirrels, you know, and you just kind of jump from one group to the next. But of course, everyone knows Gary Box's group inside the box. I'm always in there. There's a lot of information. Uh, Seniors Unlocked by... Dan. But Dan. Yeah, Dan Tan. Don't tell him I forgot his name. and just left me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you wouldn't have said it, people would have thought it just glitched out a little bit. Yeah, it
2: glitched. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> it, it just glitched. But and then the other one is Senior Year Magazine. And I I kind of participate. I watch a lot of those things just on the internet side of resources. I watched, oh man, back in the day, there was this other resource that just hit me and left me. So I'll just call it ADD. So <laughs> that's no just cool. kind of Myself pro yeah, forum that,
1: was one I don't know if you're ever on that one, but that one was yeah,
2: yeah I was at the end of it uh, I was I was due I, yeah right as Facebook was starting on those groups that had jumped jumped a place and kind of you know kind of battled those things out
0: yeah um so do you um have any books that you recommend I mean are you are you a book guy or are you an audio guy or yeah. you you said you like conferences and stuff like that. they're very visual so yeah um, I think the, what kind of books do you recommend?
2: Yeah. I think the answer to that is to remind yourself is who are you, who are you as a person? How do you learn from me? I'm a visual and not an audio at all. Like my wife will talk to him. Like, can you speak that in a picture form? And so I am very much hands-on and connecting with my reading disability. I have found a, a highlighter system that I've created to read books. And when I read books, I highlight because colors connect with me and how I read and it communicates so one of the first books that I learned that created structure for me was E-Myth. It's about small businesses. And wow, what a, what a game changer. For some reason, a lot of people jump into business and they think they have to create everything. And I don't know why, but when you read E-Myth, it just lays it out. It can, it can work for any business and it just gives structure. So I know who I am as a business owner. When I have 25 different jobs on my business, the photographer is just a job on one of the days. He's the artist. Then we've got the editor. Then we've got the person who answers emails. And we've got the person who is the brains of the operation, which again is ourselves. And so eMyth has really given me that structure and it, it challenges you as questions and it's put that structure uh, on my business. And the other one was probably worth every penny.
1: Hmm.
2: And it's I'm a. a yeah. Yeah. It's one that challenged me that I'm valuable as a person because without yeah. that value, And without that uh, structure, again, what are we doing? Nobody likes to work for free unless we've got a lot of money and we have the time to do it. And I think if we don't have those things in place, then again, our businesses, would just kind of fail or we burn out.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Both of those are fantastic. So you said you're like a color person. So do you have like where if you see a number, then you have a color in your head for it?
2: No. So the way I do this, I see structure as in a highlighter system. For example, I'll just say I'm reading a book on chapter one. It'll have a title. The title is always orange. And for some reason it just never stuck out to me. So I highlight orange real quick. So every chapter will be orange. Then you read and you're looking for the transition sentence. There's this many points in this chapter. And I highlight that transition sentence purple. And if there's three Points in that transition sentence, I highlight those points in pink. I go find them real fast and I highlight them. And then underneath those pink points, sometimes there are subpoints which I highlight in yellow. And then I use my yellow or greens and blues. My green and blue underneath all those. My greens are my quotes, and my blues are just great information. And so I created a system by accident in college. My professor said I was a genius. I didn't understand it until about eight years later. And I was like, holy moly, I can now read a book by using highlighters. I don't have to read all, all chapters again. I can go find what I highlighted and be done in just like seconds. That's
1: That's really good.
0: Yeah. That's really good because I, I like using a highlighter when I read, I mean, I very seldom don't because I have to get over the fact that I'm going to highlight this book and I feel like I'm ruining it, but then I like using it, but it's all over the place. I, I feel like I use it to read it, but then I can never go back and reference it because there's yeah. just a bunch of yellow in there. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm gonna have to go back and write down what you just said, because
1: okay. I think it, so it would Nathan, really help me. I think your next business should be teaching people how to read with your highlighter system.
2: I know my, I had a mentor about few, four years ago say that same thing to me. And <laughs> I was like, I don't even know how to begin this or how do I do this? Oh, and-
1: We can tell you how to do that. But I think you should just like make a little <laughs> video of you, like exactly what you just said, show a sample page and then, yeah, you'd be on to something. It'd that's be really, really
0: good. Fun. Thank you. So, um, so I'll take the next question. Then Kaya, after that, we can we can kind of wrap up with his parting okay. guidance. But um, what, uh, Nathan, what is the craziest session or, or photo shoot that you've had? Like <laughs> when, it, when it comes to mind, what do you think?
2: Well, I'm already a weird person but <laughs> for the most hard part. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty focused on sessions, but I was shooting this one, senior portraits of a young girl in Altamont, and this small town. It's, it's just down the road. And it was one of those days. It was windy. I was younger in my business. I, I, I was, I had, she had her boyfriend there to help assist and you get kind of insecure. A truck was driving by and he was looking at us trying to, or wondering what we're doing. And all of a sudden a big gust of wind blew and her dress blew up. And, of course, all her faces turned red, and we're just kind of embarrassed. So I did my best not to just think about it, say anything to her, and communicate that, and just kind of move on. And you could tell just from the rest of the session, that that wind just did ruin it for us, but <laughs> it, it happens. Right it was so,
1: not a good Marilyn Monroe well, moment then. No, it
2: wasn't. It was just one of those things, like, how in the world, out of all things, did that happen? <laughs>
0: so, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's no, that's never good for sure. So
1: that's funny. So Nathan, thank you so much for being on. This was really fun to get to know you in a more serious way. And you have a, you have a lot of depth. I'm very, it's very really neat to hear. Awesome, so what would your, um, what, what would be a parting piece of guidance that you would want to give our listeners?
2: Any type of guidance?
1: Any. Yep.
2: Of course. I just go back to education is key never feel afraid to ask questions. Even if you have to ask a hundred times until you learn it and educa there's so many workshops out there. Don't just get caught up on the art side of it, but get caught up in the business side of it so that your art can grow. And if your business structure is in place, your art side will really explode and that will set you apart from your competition.
0: That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, this, I would, I'm really glad I got to know you more. I mean, my, this last couple of weeks, the more I've got to know more about you than I ever thought I would with the, the barbecue group, That's I mean, right. hung out with you at sync barbecue group. Now you're on the podcast. Like I, I feel like we're fast friends now. So thanks That's so right. much for being on.
2: Well, you only picked up once on stage. So we'll allow that to happen. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it can be every point you can come, you can come to every speaking engagement I could do now. And you, we can just make you part of the talk. All right, deal <laughs> <with our game. laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas
1: to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.